Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 206 for October 23rd, 2019. Sorry it's late this week. This week's top Patreons are... Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, The Boys Over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Kling Spores, Joshua Alexander and Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. What are we working on? Let's start with um, well, let's start with the picture of health over here. Tim, what are you working on? <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm, I'll apologize to everyone for my sound. This is how I sound right now because I'm it's either allergies or a cold or something. I sound terrible and I feel like I sound so. <laughs> <laughs> With that, I'm working on getting better, but um, I am just back from a week of... I've been back for a few days now, a week of uh, all sorts of exciting and awesome adventures. I apologize for missing last week's podcast, but I was at Maker Camp up in East Durham, New York uh, for several days. I was there with MakerMade CNC, and uh, I got to meet a lot of people. I made a guitar out of a door, like live over the course of the weekend. Um, I had an amazing and incredible time. And I'm sorry that you guys weren't there. Um, actually, no. Did people ask about us? Did people ask about us? Did, no, no one asked about Did anybody anyone. say, hey, where's your pod mates? No, no one said anything about you. Um, I don't believe that for a second. No, it's it's pretty true. I mean, we did we did throw some insults your way here and there. You know, uh, maybe with in, in good spirits. I'm not really sure. Um, but, you I, know. I heard, I heard Jimmy was going to call the whole thing off when he found out Phil and I weren't going to go. You know what? Nope. In all honesty, I I believe 100% that no one mentioned me once. I don't believe for a second that no one said anything about where's Bill. <laughs> you can lie through your teeth all you want. This man is well-liked. Yeah, no, they, they, they definitely noticed that he wasn't there because nobody was bear-hugged to death. So that was, you know, <laughs> fewer casualties. It's more, and it, it wasn't like, hey, where's Bill? It's like, oh, where's Bill? And they, yeah, it's like, like oh, where's Bill? Where's Bill? Yeah. Hiding behind Vance. <laughs> Bill's not here, right? <laughs> but uh, but it was it was an incredible time, and I'm sure that I'm sure that everybody is sick. That wasn't there is sick of seeing all the the social media posts about it and whatnot. But it was a really neat. Nah, it, it's um, actually it was pretty great to see all that. Yeah, seriously. Well, you know what was cool about it is like, uh, and you know I've said this before, and I'll say it a, a million times. Like if you have an opportunity to go to like a maker fair or go to one of these maker meetups in your area, I strongly recommend doing it, even if you're a person like me who's not necessarily super comfortable in these social situations because. Because all that that like sort of dread you might have about it um, goes away so quick. And they always say like about meeting your heroes, like you know they say like oh you should never really meet your heroes because they're disappointing. But when you meet these people, like they're like they, I've yet to be disappointed. Like um, you know the difference is though like meeting your heroes is a letdown, right? Because you're just like ah right just exactly people. But in this case, it's like it's great because you're like oh. They're just regular, regular people. people. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. And they're, you know, it's the, it's just a really neat experience. And, um, 
you know, th this event was no different, but what made this event a little bit extra special was it was the first time it happened. There weren't a lot of people there. I mean, it was, uh, you know, a few hundred people. Intimate. Um, so it, it was an, enough to make it so the, the people that were running it considered a success, but it was still pretty intimate. Um, and it, was, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't the tool companies running it. You know, there were a few there, and I was there with one, but it was really about us. And um, right. like, there was like, you know, at one point in time, like I was running a CNC machine, you know, and, and there's people blacksmithing over there, and then there's, like, people turning bowls over here. There's, like, all this stuff happening. There's no safety police, and there's no... There was, like... It was just, like, kind of, like, hey, yeah, you want to you wanna swing a hammer? You want to learn to weld? Go ahead. And just... There was, like... It was just really cool to see that. It was, like, kind of reminded me, like, days past, almost, like, pre... Like litigious America, you know. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to knock on every piece of wood that's around here right now. That hopefully nothing will change that because that was a really neat thing to experience. You know. There was only one Woodstock, Tim. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't quite like Woodstock, but uh, I don't know. I wasn't there. Well, Maybe was it was. It, yeah. was Maybe that's like, exactly what Woodstock was like. Now, what was it like? Because I, I understand everything you just said. Uh, it's the blacksmith meeting all the people. But what was it like to be in the same vicinity as? Every Duresta. Oh yeah, right. There was an entire Duresta uh, meet like family meet meet there, like a family reunion going on, and I didn't, I didn't talk to his dad or one of his brothers. Uh, I talked to his sister quite a bit. She's awesome. She makes jewelry. Um, right, I talked to his I talked to his brother John, the comedian. He. Um, yep. He said something about like you know I introduced myself to him. He's like he's like oh I recognize you. You're the guy and he imitated my Facebook photo. He said I see you as my recommended friend list all the time. And he like imitated my picture, and uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. So I went and I friended him, <laughs> um, and uh, and then I I told him the next day I friend him. He's like oh great I'll I'll make sure to delete it you know and all that. But uh, so he was he was funny. He was a nice guy. And then I met uh, Jimmy's mom. She was so cool, so cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, his brother. I think Joe. the only one missing was Matt. No. Yeah, Matt was not there that I saw. Well, um, it was, I, it was like mom the, and dad and all their kids. It was like yeah, it was like the mom and dad and kids. Because I guess but I isn't don't. Isn't Matt John's kid? Yeah, so he would have been a grandchild. He would have been a third generation. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was like first, second generation. You know. And Matt's in a uh, fairly new relationship recently, so he's a little busy. I think that young man—he just turned uh, early twenties, something had a birthday. But yeah, he—he's been kind of missing from social media a little bit. And all of a sudden, you see him everywhere, holding hands, and he's got a girl. So Matt, if you're listening, aww. I'm sure he appreciates that. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Oh, and then, so then after the maker camp, I was up there for a few more days hanging out at the Doresta compound uh, with some friends, and we were working on a project that I, I hope we'll be able to share sometime in the future. Uh, that was pretty cool. And then uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, because I forgot to mention it two weeks ago. <coughs> bless you. I forgot to mention it two weeks ago when um, we were on the podcast, is that I did a guitar show a few weeks back, and none other than the Paul Granger came mm. to this event because it happened to be in his neck of the woods and he had learned from listening to our podcast um, from uh, we were talking about my old Unisaw not Unisaw I'm sorry the um, radial arm saw and how I yeah. put it up for sale on Craigslist for 75 bucks and someone said hey you know you can get 100 for that and a rebate and so I did the rebate um, and I got my 100 bucks so he heard us talking about that in the podcast so sure enough at um, the Tony Rouleau uh, slip and slide event that happened a few months after that. 
someone they do a tool swap when they get there all the makers of the show they bring tools they want to trade or whatever and when all was said and done there ended up being a radial arm saw sitting there that nobody wanted and so Paul said, aha, so he went and he, and he returned it and got the $100 for it. That's so funny. And, um, and he presented this podcast, the Reclaimed Audio Podcast, with a giant novelty check for $50, half of the refund to, he donated nice. to this podcast, which I have cashed and, um, you know, my lawyers are working out what percentage you guys will get. But we'll, we'll worry about that later. It, when you lot, say novelty check, was he it had actually a, redeemable money? He had a giant novelty check that he presented to me, and then he handed me an actual. Did he legal, have Paul Jackson make tender it? Check. No, it was good. Oh. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> that is um, funny, actually. So I, I wanted had to the thank opportunity to hug Paul. That's uh, thank we love you him. for the thank you, thirteen dollars and sixty-six cents. Yes, you know, I wanted to thank cousin, Paul right? for the. Yes, he, that's uh, yes, he's Tony's cousin. Then I saw him and Tony both again at Maker Camp. Um, yeah, Paul's a super nice guy. Uh, him and Vance are like buds. They get along really well. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I wanted to thank Paul for that publicly on the podcast because I forgot to two weeks ago. Uh, and then I'm making a bunch of stuff, too. But uh, we can talk about that later. Or not. Cool beans. What Bill. about you, Phil? What are you up to? Oh. Uh, nice try. What are you doing, Bill? What's going on with you? <laughs> um, so I had my daughter here since last week, and uh, I spent – time recovering from my little neck surgery and a bad back uh, exploring San Francisco in the Bay Area and just had a wonderful time with her. It was amazing. Um, and I'm still waiting on Heidi Jacobs is just about finished with this uh, ceramic body, uh, cigar box body basically. And she's mm. going to ship it to me. We're going to do a collab. I'm going to build a guitar out of it. So cool. That will be a video and um I ex- I, uh, it's probably going to happen soon. So anyway, that's that. And just um, trying to catch up at work because I took a week off for my daughter and my surgery. And so, yeah, that's all I've been up to. All right. Um, I just got back late last night from uh, from Greensboro, North Carolina, actually High Point. Did you see Sterling? Did you see Sterling? No. Oh. I, didn't see, I didn't see Sterling. I didn't see anybody. I was, uh, I was working... 12 and 14 hours a day at, uh, at the showroom, uh, oh. you know, trade show thing that goes. <clears throat> and this one was a little different. Normally we stay at a hotel. This time we, um, we, we Airbnb'd a house. So it was a whole bunch of us in this house. Oh, um, yeah, I don't like that. Mm. Yeah, no, you don't get your time away from the craziness. Like if yeah. you have your own hotel room, you can be like, okay, good night and close the door. If you're in a house, it's like a little weird, you know? Yes. Luckily, there was a lock on my door because I don't trust these people. But um, <laughs> but still, they were there right outside the door the whole time, you know. And then, like every time you got to go to the bathroom, you got to sneak as a you got to check if there's somebody already in there. Yeah. I don't well, like who, it. Who, wait, wait, wait! You didn't get the master bathroom. Master what? You know, the master bedroom has its own. Oh bathroom. yeah, no, I did not. I had um, I had a loft bedroom. Oh. So it was actually like a gabled roof, you know. So it was like that's fun. It was yeah, it was odd, but uh, but great show. Uh, but I was away for like uh, like a whole week, so that's why tonight I was a little late in the recording because uh, I was helping my wife uh, put the kids to bed, and my youngest apparently like just does not respond well to being put to bed by my wife. Like I'll call to see how she's doing at nine thirty nine. He's still up. He's two, and then when I put him to bed, night, daddy, bye, and he just like closes his eyes and goes to bed. So <clears throat> we're still figuring out. Is that what she, is that the same thing wrong. as like you're the best at taking out the garbage? 
No, I legitimately am much better at her than putting this one specific child to bed. Uh, so, okay. I don't know what it is. I guess he so, just responds to my intense masculinity. Oh, you're Speaking slipping a Benadryl. Casey and I are thinking about, we're going to Utah for Christmas, and we're, um, we're going to get an Airbnb, get our own house, so we can bring Danny and take the lizard. So, that ought to be fun. For? For oh. Christmas. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we're gonna draw, we're gonna spend a, a Christmas a week up there in Utah for Christmas to be with the the daughter family. Oh, that's and, fun. Uh, yeah, normally we get a hotel, but it's like you know what? Instead of trying to find somebody to, to watch Danny and Lou, and usually it's separate because we don't know anybody that can do both. Um, and it can be expensive if it's if it's not a you know family or friend, and everybody's busy at Christmas. So we're like, why don't we just get it? We checked on the price of an Airbnb. It's not that expensive. Like, no, it you, should be cheaper than a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. To get a Usually. whole house, it's like yeah. It's plus the lizard cool. sitter is probably really expensive. I think. No, the lizard sitter is a friend of ours, but again, everybody's <clears throat> busy at Christmas, so you would have to. We, it would, yeah. It's just it's, it's, it's an better imposition. if you take them. Yeah, yeah. So that that ought to be fun. Um, having our own place and then being able to take Danny and the and the lizard that would be great. Yeah, and the thing I'm planning on working on tomorrow is uh, I want to make this little speaker stand for my desk and I'm going to reclaim a reclaimed project I've already done. So I, yeah. I made a little um, like a little sort of dining room table for my kids when they were very, very little, like for when they were two that they could pull up to and they're all, even my two-year-old is too big for it now. So I was either going to change out the legs to make it taller, but I figured it's still a small table. Um, that was actually one of my first videos. But uh, instead I'm going to just chop it up and make it into this thing i i have so, a uh, is it good go ahead oh i was just say i have a an ikea table that we found yeah. on the side of the road it was all uh -huh. broken you know with the legs busted off it's one of those kid-sized tables and vance was i mean not even walking yet i think when we got this thing and i i, I put some new screws that glued it together and i cut a piece of um like some paneling that I had, and I put it over the top of it to like redo the top because it was all nasty. And we we yeah. still have that thing. It's down in the basement. We still pull it up like every couple of months and use it. It's That's so funny. It's hilarious. Okay. I'll make them a bigger one, but uh, like you can have a single like a, a stereo speaker or a, or a computer speaker. Computer speakers. They're just to the side of my monitor, but I use it. I use this thing. I'll kind of make like U channel, and I'll put it down so it covers all the wires and just the. Uh, and just oh, the okay. speakers will I be exposed. Yeah. <clears throat> so like all the the keyboard and the mouse wires will go through a hole into it, and then uh, and then that way you won't see any wires on my desk. I uh, I saw uh, Chris Salamone, Four Eyes, uh, did a collab I think with I don't know who else did, but they made some kind of spaceship UFO table. It was really cool. It's it, mm -hmm. it's like it was. Uh, um, uh, epoxy resin sandwich between two boards and there was an LED light so it looked round and oh yes light. but anyway this guy uh, I just happened to click on his name because he was in the description of Chris's video and one of the videos he did was he made a single cup coffee table so okay. it was like a tall and it reminded me of a speaker stand it was like a, a, a little tiny tall uh, yeah. table but it would be perfect for like one computer speaker or one on each side of your desk or something like that it would look really cool used in that regard yeah these are very small speakers it would yeah. it would look very silly as small as a coffee cup uh, yeah they're as small as a coffee cup so that's that's what these tables but are designed it, to do is it like floor standing speaker stands yeah it's like it's like a, a speaker yeah. stand but it's for a coffee cup right so it's for a single right. cup of coffee a little table which i thought the the idea behind that was really cool 
not very practical. Right. But as a speaker stand, it would it would work pretty well. Hmm. What um what did they do for a base though? Was it a skinny base so it would just fall I over? Even, or? It, it it looked like it was um like a I, I like I said I just glimpsed a part of the picture. But you know how um, April or even um, who does a lot of work with plywood? Um, Jay Bates. You know where they make those like cut out CNC so like a simple. Like oh, I know what you mean. Kind of slots stand. together, like yeah. yeah. But it's yeah, just, I know what it's, you mean. Yeah, it's it's probably not very stable, but it would be good enough. Like most little tiny speaker stands aren't stable either, right? You have to put some kind of weight at the bottom. But. Yeah, but my concern with it being a floor standing is it's just that much more likely to get kicked over if it's on top of a yeah. table. It's like you know it, it falls. Well, but I, this was furniture for a video, right? Good yeah, point. that's that's because if it I'm falls saying, over from still, the if was, you have your it's going to break when it falls from that height, but if it falls over on your desk, it's not. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Again, the practicality is probably not there, but the idea. I like where yeah. your head's at. You know, I, I'm trying I, to stimulate your brain, Tim. It's all full of, like, you know, goo and snot because you're not. Yeah. Bill, you always yeah. stimulate us. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you're very I, stimulating. I actually need to make, um, or I want to make a couple stools to bring when I go out to guitar shows and whatnot because I, I have some that I made years ago that fold but like the the folding mechanism was like this simple thing I did with a welded steel base but it was like for me <laughs> and I did it with what I had that and so plywood, when plywood dude plywood right I was thinking about doing something like that so make them all out of wood seats. so I could flat pack them um, yep. but then when I was at Teresa's the shop he has those stools that he makes on the CNC that are not they don't come apart, but they're really nice and solid. I was like, oh, maybe I'll suck it up and do something like that. But I do like the idea of doing a folding thing or collapsible. Just traveling. two pieces, yeah. two pieces that are crossed where you can just slide the legs together. gives you a, a big cross yeah. base and a simple top to sit over it. Well, here's the problem with that is that I want these for people trying out guitars. So there needs to be one cross brace, at least one for them to put their leg up on. Their put, put their foot. Uh, right. So it needs to be somebody to put so your do foot. That. So that's what I'm thinking is if I do because I just made a wall like like that actually with the two pieces. I'm, like, you know, I'm gonna make a stool. Well, I, I that's that's a simple I know it's, project. You know what? That's good challenge video, accepted. I agree. Yeah. Let's all make some stool. That's a good idea. Right. But you know what? Maybe let's make a sample first. Okay, that's. Bah, bah, no, bah. <laughs> come on, Bill. I'm, I'm blaming Bill hey. for that one, even though it was Phil that said it. <laughs> it's like automatically use me as a scapegoat. Yeah. I see it's how. It's like is. oh, the, a poo joke. Come on, Bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. This podcast is uh, uh, way too uh, hoity-toity for that kind of humor. Yeah. <laughs> um, hoity-toilet? So it's hoity beneath you. Hoity-toilety? What would you say? Exactly. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> so Hoity-toilety. That could kind of lead into our that, topic, right? Well, hoity-toity. Now, that would be a fancy toilet. Isn't that a, uh, what do they call that? A dubet? A dubois? What is that? A, a bidet. Bidet, yeah. A bidet to you, sir. Yeah, bidet, mate. Yeah, I bid you bidet. Exactly. Um, yes, this week's topic, brought to you of the uh, Lutz Corporation, is uh, what are we? Home sweet home. What are some projects around the house, um, either real or fictional, that we've had in mind or done, out of reclaimed materials, not allowed to say coffee table. 30 inch tall speaker stand <laughs> for tiny speakers for tiny speakers or a coffee cup or a single coffee cup episode over great job guys thank you um, I'll kick it off I um, I've never really given it much thought um, except and I've lived in this house for seven years now and I just opened up our pantry 
for literally the millionth time and looked at it and go, wow, this is crap. <laughs> it's uh, all the shelves are made with like chipboard and like mm-hmm. uh, just like stick on paper. It's actually hideous, and I can't believe I never noticed it. So I will, uh, I'll, I'll definitely redo it. And I, I don't know if this counts as reclaimed, but I have a lot of leftover uh, white melamine from my daughter's closet project. Oh, and, if you're gonna uh, redo it, don't use melamine. That's just gonna be the same kind of. But you said we have to do it in Reclaimed. Well, true, but you don't have to use it with the stuff you have lying around. You can actually go out, spend some money on some good stock. Some or material. actually go reclaim something. Or, yeah, that heaven forbid you drive around and look for something to reclaim. Why don't you use hollow I cord- look around all the time on my drive home. Why don't you use hollow core doors and just cut them to fit? Hollow core doors? I don't know. Someone <laughs> like Wacko would use that. I just, I have a thing with melamine, man. It's just, it's not a permanent product. It's chipboard with a plastic coat over it, basically. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Okay. Okay. Challenge accepted. All I'll right, find something job. better. Good job. I'll find something better. Yeah, one that's of your a, dining that's tables. That's a great idea. You know? <clears throat> Worst yeah. case, I'll use new plywood and I'll edge it with some nice reclaimed. How does that? Hey, that that's that's fine, too. Just It's that's incorporating ex- something reclaimed in there. You're that's exactly what I did. You're in the um, king of reclaimed. Yeah, yeah, so so much the king you have a podcast about it. All right. I will thank I, you. I did that in my, my daughter's closet a, a few years ago with just uh, I bought plywood. I didn't even get the good stuff. I just got the like the one side sanded stuff, you know, not the oh, furniture. And, and, I, and I need the one side, right? Right. And I trimmed it with uh, some reclaimed wood. You know, it worked, worked nice. pretty well. Yeah. Okay, great. Bob, your uh, uncle. Don't, don't forget, subflooring is almost an inch and a half thick plywood, and it's not fancy on either side, but it makes great shelving. Inch and a half thick, really? Almost. Yeah, you, I you always talk I about that. I that. never see that anywhere. I've never seen that. I That's what I use. Maybe it's just a California thing. I don't know, but it's what I, I mean, use for... Uh, you know what? You might have different building codes. You have earthquake building they codes have out there. earthquakes. Yeah. We don't have that here. You know what? I, this is one I'm pretty sure. Usually, I say something and invite somebody to correct us, and uh, I'm going to invite somebody to correct you guys. I think you're just not looking hard enough. Could you imagine inch and a half thick plywood? Like, or it's, maybe it's an that? inch. Maybe it's an inch, not an inch and a I, half. But it's even thin. an inch. It's, there's, it's, there's nothing thicker than three quarters of an inch in any of the Home Depot or box stores around here. Yeah. There are. I know no, there is a fault line though, so I don't know. There is a lumber yard that I don't shop at like a construction equipment yard and they might right. potentially have it but I've never seen I, I have shopped at that place in the past I wasn't looking for it of course but. if there was that thick plywood used for subfloor I guarantee you it would be at Home Depot because that's where 90% of contractors shop next time I'm in Home Depot I'm going to flash a picture real quick please please do skew I believe you I don't yeah, think yeah. you're that crazy I no, 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 I'm just that, saying that, that way there. you can look up that skew and maybe you're just not looking at the right place or you walk by it because you don't think it is what it is. I don't know. No. I, I'm going to laugh my I butt off when he sends us a picture of it and it's actually like 0.5 inch, but the last number in the skew is a 1, so he thinks it says like 1.5 inch. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. This is where your dyslexia always causes arguments with us. Oh, I would go dig a piece of it because I got some at the front of the garage, a little leftover, but that's all right. Or, um, or it's actually it's actually just a quarter. It's, it's 1.25 inches, but he, he just sees the decimal point in the wrong spot. <laughs> no, it's metric. It's 1.5 centimeters. <laughs> 
There's definitely no way there's anything metric in his home team. All right, Tim, send me one of your metric squares so I can double check. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, those are back in stock. I forgot to mention that. Uh, <clears> the <laughs> thank you. Look at his tag team of shill. <laughs> oh, he's leaving. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> the uh, yes, uh, if you pre-ordered a square, they are shipping now. They're all shipped from the pre-order. They're in stock, and uh, people are starting to get them already. Even one someone from England already got one, which is amazing. So timsoy.net/slash/square. There are still some metric and imperials available. I'm done shilling. We lost Bill forever. No. Oh, there no, he is. He's I'm a back. he's a brave man. He's walking around his garage in his bare feet. I do, and uh, and I'm regretting it because I I drilled out some metal. And uh, I'm <laughs> yeah, like, uh oh! And I always yell at Casey, "Do not go out in the garage. I hate that. Don't you go out in the garage without shoes on?" Because yeah, yeah. normally I keep it very clean. But anyway, so no, uh, takes... one of the ideas I I thought of what 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 it, Tim? As I say, it only takes one stray shard of metal. I don't care how clean your garage is. For the night. I dug yeah. some out of my finger, and uh, I didn't get them all. And then about three days later, I was like, why is my finger sore? And there was no evidence of anything at all. And um, sure enough, a couple days after that, they finally, it's, it's like, you know, you get a, a splinter, they surface. So yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, it's that metal. I should have got all that out of there. Your body rejects it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or, or just breaks it down into, like, carbon... Uh, and it flows through your and it gets dispersed into your body. No? Did you get did you get your medical doctor's license yet? <laughs> no, but I still have Vicodin maybe, I've been taking, maybe, so maybe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. um, so hey, one of the first things I thought of uh, when we talked about doing this is our buddy Barn Rat, and one of the things he's famous for is uh, pallet walls. And I love pallet walls in the house. And you see them uh Everywhere from extremely rustic to somebody just using the wood from the pallet to make some, like we've talked about, is actually milling the wood to make it look really nice. But I do like a pallet wall accent, uh, and that's definitely a reclaimed project you can use in the house. But here's a, here's a different one, though. So I thought instead of the entire wall, which is what everybody does, right, what if you made, if you have a wall and you take, and you make a two-foot border around it that's not done, you put the pallet wall in between and then you put a really beautiful oak or walnut like picture frame around it and make it look like it's a giant pallet wood picture and then you can hang stuff still inside of that. I mean, it hmm. look, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's clever. Yeah. That's clever. I, I think something like that would look kind of neat. Just a little bit different than just, you know, that small wall space is all it's pallet wood floor to ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually yeah. like an art piece almost, you know. I like that. Yeah. That's a good um, idea. Super tangent, but having just come back from the furniture show, I'd like to give a heads up to all of my maker friends. Um, the um, you know a couple of years ago, maybe three, four years ago, the industrial galvanized iron pipe thing was super in. So that's what we were like trying to all sell and sell on Etsy mm -hmm. and sell in person and all that stuff. Um, and then mid-century modern for those of us with the uh, cajones to take on something a little bit more difficult. Um, and I feel like. Uh, based on everything I saw at the show, mid-century modern is is sort of done. So if you want to be on the forefront of the next thing that's coming, it's Art Deco. So huh. Art Art Deco was a uh, was a, a, a an architectural uh, look back in the 1930s, and uh, and to a some lot degree of acrylic in the, and plastics and stuff like that. Right? Um, no, there was a lot of steel, right? So think of like the Howard Hughes airplanes. And okay. uh, think of like uh, the Empire State Building. That's very Art Deco. It's very geometric uh, too, is how I always think of it. A lot yeah. of like 
geometric shapes and um, like the squares into squares and stuff like that. Yeah, some of that is Bauhaus though. Um, yeah, but I, specifically I look at the architecture, um, and it, it also came back in the '80s, but with whitewash. So if you think of like uh, South Beach, you know, like is really Art Deco. Anyways, look it up because that is the thing that's next. So that ought to be, be fairly edge. easy to reclaim too. I mean, to use reclaimed materials for that. Yeah, you know, you I just make, did a, a lot of arches and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I just did a Google search of just photo search of Art Deco, and I'm just looking at I'm getting all these like wallpapers of these really interesting patterns that are um, mm-hmm. a lot of fun to look at. So I highly recommend doing that. I think you'll find some inspiration. And as a CNC guy now, I'm looking at these going like, oh, I oh, could, yeah. I could knock some of this stuff out. You know. Now, what, what would be like the floor lamp that had the long skinny arm that was just bent in an arch and then the lamp itself was actually at the end of that? That is, that is, that's a lamp for a chaise lounger, right? Um, I know what you're talking about. There was a specific one with three lights on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that like uh, an Art Deco? I, I, would, I would call it that, sure. Okay. I would call it that. Um, but there was a famous designer who made one with like the bent arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. you see them all that's gonna bug place. me. I'm gonna find that because I don't want to type. I've got like these blue cherry MX keys on my keyboard, and it's very loud. Um, anyways, so that's uh, that's a word to the wise. Tim, it's your uh, it's your project now. What are you uh, what are you gonna do around the house? Oh, what am I going to do around the house? You know, allegedly, you can't, you can't say slippers either. We've seen that video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was one of my favorite videos, although only mine. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know uh one of the things that uh i mean i guess we're, if we're sticking to around the house like i really have this attitude i try to do as little as possible <laughs> and there's a couple reasons for that one is i'm lazy and two is there's that whole like uh old lady that swallowed the fly kind of thing that happens when you you know my house isn't super old it's about 50 years old but you know when you go to fix something in a 50 year old house then you take something out and then it's like, oh, well, then now this is good. And then this is, and then it turns into the next thing you know, you're swallowing goats, you know what I mean? To try to get that fly out. And so I tend to do as little as I can around the house when it comes to stuff like that, unless it's like time to take on the job. Like, okay, we're going to do a new kitchen or okay, we're going to do a new bathroom. Like mm-hmm. now we'll, we'll tackle it. Cause every, yeah. no, your you know, wife's a lucky lady. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, she is. She, she thanks her lucky stars every day. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, so you'd rather leave the black mold sequestered. Uh, no, I mean that's different. If you have, if you have mold, you, you you're saying once you get started, you can't stop. You do one I'm, room, I'm saying then like, you have to. Yeah, right. Like we have, like I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, you could redo the, a closet without uncovering. Yeah, you're, the old I think lady you, you with the goat. I think you're thinking more of something artsy because that's who you are. You're an artist, right? So what about more of something utilitarian? An ironing yeah. board. Uh, you know, like Phil's doing a pantry. Murphy bed for the guest bedroom in the East Wing. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, okay, I'll, I'll go that route. Um, what does every house need more of? Storage. Me? No, less oh, of storage. you. More storage. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to come up with a smart aleck answer also, but Bill beat yeah. me to it. Yeah. No, I mean, every house needs more storage. And so, like, what sure. you were saying about the pantry, like, there's ways of of maximizing you know storage space so that would be mm-hmm. that would be something that can easily be done yeah. reclaimed whether it's you know by building shelves inside closets that are more efficient you know uh, doing modular systems and whatnot so you can be more uh useful with your space so um yeah. you know what my house has and I, I can't take credit for it because i didn't build it it was here when we bought the house but it is something that you could easily build you know new or reclaimed at the top of our basement stairs there's a closet that's about four inches thick four inches deep 
and about four and a half feet tall. And so it's just kind of like this little bubble kind of sticking out of the wall. And it doesn't, it's so narrow, it doesn't get in your way with going up and down the stairs. The staircase is still plenty wide. Uh, and in it is, it's got brooms and, and stuff like that. Just like tall, oh. skinny things. You never have a good place to put. So, yeah, it's a, it's a broom closet, huh. exactly. But it's, um, I'd never seen anything like it before where it's just sort of floating in space. I mean, it's attached to the ceiling, I guess, but then it sort of floats above the stairs as the stairs go down. And they, yeah, they just took really like one by fours and just put a one by four box on the wall and then put doors like really thin, like uh, half inch thick or three quarter inch thick uh, plywood doors on it. And there's a shelf and there's some hooks in there and stuff. Um, clever. So, so th- then that, you know, then there's also on the top of it, it doesn't go all the way to the ceiling now that I'm thinking about it. On the top of it, there's about 12 inches of height that's now a four inch shelf. And so all the things that you just need once a year can sit on, up there, right? You know, without being like, like the, the vases that, you know, that's what we have up there, a bunch of vases that we don't use that often. We Normally they'd be kept in like one of our kitchen cabinets, but now they're not in a kitchen cabinet because we have that space. So now we have more space in our, in, so it all, you know, kind of, it's all connected, you know, of, of um, that sort of storage space. Another thing I did uh, in that same vein is I built a um, I built a shed on our backyard, right? So I have like a 10 by 12 shed, but it's up on a hill. And it's kind of like I had to carry my lawnmower up and down like four steps to get it in there all the time. And I was like, I don't want to do that. That really stinks. So I built a little just shed for my lawnmower and leaf blower, basically, uh, just around the side of the house. And it's about three and a half feet high. And the entire thing is made out of a fence I tore apart. I bought a piece of um, pressure-treated plywood for the floor and some pressure-treated two-by-fours to make a frame. And I just made this very simple frame. It's like a little, like, slightly slanted roof. I used the corrugated metal roof. One piece cut in half to cover it, and and then all of the siding is just some cedar fence that someone had thrown away, like I got from my shop, and uh, so it has a nice rustic look. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, you did a Phil. You did a tall one. Yeah. Um, you did like that kind of lean-to shed. Mine goes underneath the windows, so I have to okay. I have to like unscrew and fold down the lawnmower handle to fit it in. Because we had, like, everywhere there was a good spot to do it at a house, there was, like, a window, you know. Or it was, like, you'd okay. see it from the road. So I ended up just like, like, oh, I'll just go right up under the windows here. And I have, a, like, two That's leaf smart. blowers, a weed whacker, and a, and a lawnmower in there, you know. That's smart. Yeah. Mine, I just keep my uh, my winter tires in there. Okay. Um, we experienced a little bit of technical difficulty, so I am piecing this podcast together. I'm sorry for the way that last discussion just ended so abruptly, but we are going to pick up where we left off. And where we left off was getting into some of the uh, closing segments of our show. So, Phil, where were we? I was about to bring up some uh, phenomenal international review reviews. Uh, let's see here. From the UK, uh, Ricardo Debar. The title is, They're Still Going! And the review is relentless. Like a trio of Terminators, they will not stop. Well, unless they see something interesting on the side of the road. Then they'll stop, pick it up, and carry on. Whatever, you get the idea. Anyway, five stars, they're brilliant, and I'm not just saying that because they know where I live and threaten to send someone around to have a word unless I left a five-star review. Don't you forget it. That was mostly positive. Um, And then we have one from my native land, Canada. Uh, Canada. I'm saying that wrong. The author is Randall, um, and the title is Great Show, but... Um, yeah, this is Bob Hoosier 321 from YouTube, and I came here to say that, yes, those end grain joints will split after two minutes. Dot, dot, dot. Phil. 
<laughs> nice. I like that. That was a callback. That's what that was. Yeah. Yeah. Callback. Um, let's see here. Next on the old rocket docket is our weekly tip segment. And since Bill and I gave some great tips last week, guess who's up? I I have a good one. Um, yes. I, I want you this is this is a good one and I want you to grab a pencil Phil because I think you are gonna like this the most I think Bill might already know it so. <laughs> wow that um, was both insulting and condescending my favorite kind of insult <laughs> you are welcome so okay. picture a one by three or a one by four like uh, you know from the pine whatever from the the, the box store um, so it's three quarters inch by two and a half inches thick we'll say or whatever on one side of it, well, right now it's S4S, right? Um, so yeah. all the sides are parallel. But what, what I want you to do is on one side of that board, I want you to grab your hand plane, and I want you to plane a little bit off the left of it and a little bit off the right of it to make the one side slightly arched. So the center of the board is thicker than the ends by just a little bit, yeah. just like a 32nd of an inch. And now when you're gluing up your big section of wood to make a big rectangle or square and you can't you don't have clamps that are long enough to reach the center to push down if you need clamping pressure in the center of something yeah. you put this board on top and then you put your clamps on either side of it and squish down and now you're pushing down in the center of your work while you clamp do you understand right. yeah it's the inverse of a sprung joint yeah yeah basically it's, it's a sprung clamp but what you're doing is yeah. you're springing it in the center so right. if you you know if you're trying to push something down like you're gluing a tabletop together and there's a spot that's a little tricky or something you can yeah you can kind of squeeze down and apply the pressure there or just like if um you're gluing the top onto something that you just can't you know you're you're clamping the edges but you can't reach the center you can right. apply downward pressure that way it's like a long instead reach. of doing yeah, the, yeah, that's the other that's, some guys will do the thing where they have the ceiling call is all it is the warped yeah. what is it yeah. Right, right. Some some people do the thing where they have the stick where they wedge it up against the ceiling of their shop. But my ceiling doesn't work like that. I have like I have an open ceiling and it's like there's insulation and stuff up there. So that's my yeah. trick. You, you can also, if you don't want to go through all that work, you can simply put a small block of wood in the center of your project and then put a piece, a long piece over the top of that. When you clamp it down, it's going to bow over the top right. and put all the pressure right yeah. in the center. Right, you could do that too. Um, I found I made these uh, like four of these for a dining table I made a bunch of years ago. And I just it, it took yeah. ten ten seconds to just plane the edges. Oh down yeah, no, I, no, it's that's great. And I've used them over and over again. Have. Whereas if you have that block in the middle, you're you're directing the pressure straight into that block. But with this, you can kind of spread it out a little more evenly. You know, so right, yeah. right. No, no, it's yeah. a, it's a great idea. Yeah. <coughs> I'll add a, a little um, a little tip on the tip. Don't forget to wrap that warped call with uh, with box tape. You know what I mean? You don't want any uh, glue to sort of. Oh, that's a good uh, idea. Stick to the table. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. yeah, that's a good idea. I haven't, I haven't had that problem. But By box a, tape, you idea. mean packing tape, yeah? Packing tape, yeah. We call yeah. it box and tape. The, and the other thing you want to do is you want to properly label it that it's a tool and not just a board that needs to be jointed. <laughs> so right. I, I, yeah, yeah. I drew arrows pointing down to the wavy edge and I wrote, you know, tool, not wood or something like that all over it. Yeah. So and I, shoved, I shoved it up in the rafters of my shop so I don't accidentally grab it and cut it up and go to make a box out of it and go like, wait a minute, this box is all crooked, you know. Yeah. So I could use a warp call when gluing this up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what um, what grabbed your attention? Let's let's take it over to Bill Lutz. What grabbed your attention this week? 
Um, well, uh, let's. I want to say real quick the the uh, technical difficulty was me. Um, my recording stopped about halfway through the podcast, so I apologize personally to everybody. It was really good too, so y'all missed out. I'm, I'm, it was awesome, probably the best one we've ever done. We uh, we were witty, we were intelligent. Uh, yeah, laughed and cried. Wow. I did. I didn't sound. I didn't sound like you know. I was being. <clears throat> I was just. I was amazing, and I'm sorry that you missed that. Um, but what caught my attention this week? So uh, at work today, I was listening to the Joe Rogan Experience. I love this podcast, and he had on Edward Snowden. And I don't oh. know a whole lot about Edward Snowden other than he worked for the CIA. He's a whistleblower. He, uh, I, di- I thought he went to Russia to escape prosecution, but he was actually traveling to another country. And while he was in Russia, we, we cut off his passport. So that's where he ended he, up stuck. We, tra- we trapped him there, this guy that has all yeah. the secret knowledge about our country yeah. and our government. And yeah, we decided yeah. to trap him in Russia. Well, Anyways, it's, it's not so much a secret anymore because apparently he just wrote a book about it. It's on Amazon. It's called, um, I forget. But anyway, uh, it was pretty amazing. All politics aside or anything, it's just a fact. This guy is super intelligent, and it's the first time Joe Rogan, I think maybe he asked only three questions, and Snowden just talked the entire time. And it wow. was it was two and a half hours, and it was you couldn't. It was so interesting. It really was. I'd like, it was just, I'd like, I'm going to listen to that because I heard him in a 10-minute really interview, and he was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he was he's just a really smart guy and one of the, one of the things he said and I love this. So he said cuz you know obviously pe- some people think he's a hero, other people think he's a, you know, a traitor, whatever. He said, you know, patriotism is not about loyalty to a government, it's about continually doing what's right for the people of your country. And that yes. was pretty profound. Yeah. That yes. was pretty profound. Yeah. I like that a lot. It's country above uh, party. Yeah, right. yeah. So, and then here's the other thing. So, if you do this, if you listen to this podcast with Edward Snowden talking, and you're in the maker community, and you're doing it because of this podcast, I want you to close your eyes, turn the volume down a little bit, and you won't be able to unthink this once you do it. You won't be able to unhear it. Think of Mark Spagnolo, and you will think that's who's talking. He's got a bit of a Jersey accent. He's, I, I did this. I turned the volume down a little bit so it was more of a background, and I closed my eyes. I'm like, I don't know. I watched the actual YouTube video of the podcast, so I know it wasn't Mark, but if you close your eyes, it's Mark Spagnuolo. Wow. He might be Edward Snowden. Maybe it, was a, maybe it was like a deep fake of Mark Spagnuolo as Edward Snowden. Crazy. If they were in the same room talking, you'd think it was one person changing their voice a little bit. I'm not kidding. Wow, You're welcome. Mark. I, this is crazy, You're welcome. man. Yeah. I can't believe you did it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You, you, okay. you wonder why he moved to Colorado? Yeah. Where it's cold and snowy. Russia's cold and snowy. I'm just saying. You, so what you're saying is your conspiracy theory du jour is that Mark Spagnuolo is actually Snowden, and he's actually in yep. Russia, not Colorado. Correct. Oh, this is how wars start, This man. makes a ton of sense. Yeah. It does I make mean, a ton of sense when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, what about you? Oh, <laughs> I gotta follow that. Okay. Um, what about me? Uh, a couple things I wanted to mention real quick. One is uh, the New Haven, Connecticut, my fair city that I live close to. I don't actually live there. I live a few towns over. Um, I'm going to be a part of their uh, <coughs> citywide open studios on November 2nd and 3rd. It's at the Yale University West Campus at this show called Alternative Spaces. And what they do is there's this basically empty building at 
at this this campus that's um it's actually in orange can right across the border and uh, it was the old nursing school and there's all these like just thousands and thousands hundreds of thousands of square feet of just open empty space right now old offices and stuff and for one weekend um all the artists in the area get to take over this space and display their art and so it's a lot of paintings a lot of you know visual artists i'm going there i'm just bringing like all my guitars and i'm just going to set up a little booth and invite people to go in and play them and stuff um Elm City Vintage Dave will be there and his wife Anatar will be there as well as some other people um, and it's a really neat time Dave brings all his skull stuff and his like crazy like zombie killer bikes and everything and um, cool. it's like part art show part like sale most people have stuff for sale uh, and there's just a wealth of amazing like you know inspiration to be had in this building so if you're anywhere within you know a reasonable drive of New Haven I strongly recommend checking that out you can look up the New Haven uh, Alternative Spaces is what it's called, November 2nd and 3rd at Yale West Campus. And also I'm doing a guitar show in Danbury on November 10th at the Crown Plaza Hotel in downtown Danbury. It's 11 to 4. Uh, I wanted to mention those two things, and I'll try to remember to mention them again, and I'll be posting them on my social media and stuff too if you're interested in any of that. And the thing that I'm into right now is uh, my friends over at Maker Made CNC who I got to hang out with at the, uh, the Maker Camp. <coughs> Um, finally got to meet Chris in person. He's like cooler in person than he is on the phone. Like I just these are like my new BFFs. No offense, Bill. <laughs> and uh, but uh, what about Phil? Oh oh hey Phil, I'm sorry I didn't see you there. <laughs> oh I see how it goes. Um, okay. No, I mean you know we're starting a podcast pretty soon. But anyways, until that happens, <laughs> no. But these guys are awesome. And besides making these these CNC machines that I've been experimenting with and making videos about, they also make. Uh, 3D printers that they just put out on the market and they're um, they're pretty nice 3D printers from what I can tell I took one home from the show and I, I set it up and I'm doing the thing that I hate the most about 3D printers is I'm going on to websites like Thingiverse and printing garbage that I can find to print for free right? Right. which is what drives me nuts about 3D printing is like I mean my, my goal is to use it for good and you know and, and make it not something that's just adding to the glut of plastic stuff in the world but I had to learn how to use it first. So Vance and I went on, we printed it. We took like one of the Easter Island Moai guys and printed one of those. Um, and so that was what I wanted to talk about was besides Thingiverse, there's another website someone told me about. I, I'm sorry, I forget who. Um, it's called MyMiniFactory.com. And at that site, there's all these downloadable 3D models that you can get. And they're of actual um, historic places, um, art. Like um, people go in and scan like, you know, Michelangelo's David and then you can print like an actual actual like really good reproduction of actual cool. buildings and statues and, and stuff like that in miniature um, so this Moai guy that we printed out from Easter Island is an actual one of the, the statues from Easter Island that someone went and scanned you know and so it's it, it, I don't want to say anatomically correct because that sounds weird but it's anatomically correct you know what I mean like it's all the ratios and everything so I thought that was uh, super interesting on a couple different levels in my weird little nerd brain. And, uh, Didn't I will you be... also make the uh, ghost with the LED light? Yes, that was the, uh, I think the second thing we printed. Um, we went into Thingiverse and, and uh, right on the front page there was this really cool ghost and it's like almost like a finger puppet size. Like you can actually put your finger in it and it looks pretty cool. And so we printed that out and then Vance had the idea of putting the light in it and it looked amazing. Um, and then I was printing out some guitar knobs because that's the kind of thing like and so so far I've only modeled and printed one thing that I actually created myself from scratch and it was a Guitar knob like kind of shape. It's not round. It's more like an arrow type shape 
that I've been I made some on the CNC before and I was experimenting with, and it it didn't come out quite right because I got to learn how to do all that stuff, you know. So it'll be a while before I do anything good or useful with it, I'm sure. But but um, I'm glad to have it in my arsenal, and I'm I'm excited to learn about it. I just want to make sure I use it for good, not evil. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Well, yeah. replacing everything that's cheap plastic that breaks in your house uh, is one way to use it for good. Instead well, of going out and buying a whole new thing. Right, it is, and it's better plastic. Like, for example, I just put my um, my um, power washer away for the winter. I bring it into the garage so the pump won't freeze. And uh, I broke a little nozzle on the tank that holds right. the soap. So that's, like, okay. that's once I learn how to model, that's, like, the next thing I'm going to do is, like, replace mm. this nozzle, you know, instead sure. of replacing the whole tank. So that's how you can use it for good instead of evil, like, things like that. Yeah, exactly. That and figure out how to make it make pancakes. I know it's possible. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a it heated. It is possible. I've seen it. Yeah, it's a heated yeah, plate. You just have to get the temperatures right and uh, really screw up your your plastic feed, I guess, your little feeder. Yeah. <laughs> Worth it. Oh, no, you could... Yeah, no, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. All right, I'll look into it. Um, I'm going to forego my... Uh, my uh, Grab my attention in favor of telling everyone where I'm going to be on Friday of next week, November 1st. I am going to be at the... Uh, I'm going to be at the Woodworking Machinery and Supply Conference and Expo at the International Center in Mississauga, Ontario. So if you're in the area, you're going to be at the show. Drop me a line. That could be fun. Is that by um, Carolina? That is in Toronto. The Toronto. freaking Catalina mixer. The Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> um, okay, and that's it. Our websites, ironandsoul.com, williamlutes.com, timsway.net, and newperspectivesmusic.com. I want you to contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, um, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, or hit us up on Twitter at reclaimedaudio. I want you to leave us those iTunes reviews. Uh, I've made it super simple. On reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, there's a big giant button. You click it. It opens up your iTunes, and you leave us a five-star review. Patreon.com slash reclaimedaudio always has been and always will be the best way to keep these three dorks on the air. So thank you for doing it. Thank you for, uh, if you're thinking about it, doing it, is, is what I'm saying. Yeah. That's all I got. Um, okay. Again, sorry about the uh, kerfuffle. I would love to throw you under the bus for that, but it wasn't really your fault. It was just something glitch in the matrix, you know? Yeah. Hold on there, Tim. Let's actually we we don't have the tape yet, I, so I yeah, I could have read I could have read rode the wave for a little while the guilt ridden yeah. right wave you know yeah yeah come on give him a chance I mean if we hear a large click right before the oh. audio comes out <laughs> we know yeah. that he clicked on the button so yeah. don't play with the mouse while you're recording I know now I know Jeez. good good advice for many things in life I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And on that note, okay. uh, thanks everybody, and have a great week. All right, bye, everybody. Be good. Nor don't.